All right, let's turn to Genesis, if you will, please. The 30th chapter of Genesis. Verse 27, And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy sight, tarry. For I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. In our study of Jacob, I feel that we might as well just recognize that there are some people that God blesses and some people he doesn't. And you can't explain the difference other than just God does it. And God said that he would bless Jacob. God told Abraham that in his seed would all the nations of the earth be blessed. And he who blesses thee, why I'll bless. And he who curses thee, I'll curse. And that blessing and that promise carried to Isaac, carried down to Jacob. And God just loved Jacob. Jacob have I loved. And Esau have I passed over. And you have no other explanation than just God did it. And we see this today. We see this in God's deal. There's some, here's some man, two men, one of them he just uses up and lifts up and he uses and blesses him. You say, what in the world? Well, you say, the Lord's hand is on that man. That's the way you put it. And that's what you mean by it. And yet here's somebody else. Uh, he doesn't get the, the openings. He doesn't get the opportunities. He doesn't use them when he does get them when they come along. And he sits out here and he isn't blessed and then he's very envious of the one that does get blessed. But Jacob was favored of the Lord and Laban said, The Lord has blessed me because you've been here and I don't want you to leave. The Lord's blessed me because you've been here and I don't want you to leave. Now I said tonight I was going to talk to you about Laban and Jacob. And again, we're back into these internal, domestic, and family relations. It's amazing. When you study Moses, you don't get this. But when you study Jacob, that's about all you do get. The whole thing is the problems that Jacob had with getting his wife, and then the problems he had with his brother, and the problems he had with his father-in-law. And you've just got problems, problems, problems in the inner circle of this family. And everybody has some family ties or some family connections. They really do. And I think that Jacob's uh, illustration here is very good in many ways. Jacob went over and lived with Laban. And Laban, Laban used him. He just used him. Didn't give him any wages. He says, you worked first for this daughter of mine for seven years. So he worked for a girl and then Laban deceived him and gave him the wrong woman. And then he worked seven more years for the second girl. So he had to work 14 years to get Rachel. And those were his wages. That's all the wages he had. He didn't get any cattle. Didn't get any sheep. He didn't have anything. And after he got through with 14 years of labor, all he had was two women. One's usually enough. But he had two women. He, that's what he had was two women. He'd worked 14 years and all he had was two women. And furthermore, Laban had all the flocks. Laban had all the cattle. Laban had everything else. And all Jacob had was two women for 14 years of labor. 
Now you can imagine how this man Jacob began to look at this situation. And Laban says, I've been blessed, Jacob, because of you, but you're not getting any of these things. My Laban must have been a stingy old man. He must have been a tight wad of the first order. That's exactly right. And Jacob labored 14 years and all he got for his wages were two women and one was jealous of the other. Now that's your story. And in the midst of this 14 years of labor, Laban deceived Jacob and Jacob says, you deceived me and you changed my wages 10 times. The only thing about the record here doesn't give us the 10 instances when he changed his wages. But that may have just been an expression whereby you did, my wages didn't amount to anything. It could very easily mean my wages didn't amount to anything. He changed my wages 10 times. But at any rate, Laban deceived Jacob. Laban used Jacob. Laban was prospered by Jacob. And Laban knew it. And he wanted to keep Jacob right where he was. He didn't want Jacob to go anywhere. He didn't want Jacob to go back down where his father was. He wanted Jacob to stay right there. Now, beloved, you have an instance here, and I think we might as well face up to it. No house is big enough for two families. I guess you've heard that before. We've all heard that before. Furthermore, when you get two families together, they may be the nicest families, they may be the nicest people, but no two women have the same ideas. It's impossible. Now don't misunderstand me, that's just the way we're made. And no two men have always the same job. One wants to do this, and one wants to do that, and one thinks it's better to do this, and one thinks it's better to do that, and, and there's, it's just the way we are. And when any given situation arises, inevitably you get different opinions in the same household. And the first thing you know, you get some tensions and some feelings. And then you maybe get some words and a few other things. And the first thing you know, the people that you love the most are the ones you hate the worst. Now that's just exactly the way family troubles and family squabbles and family strifes develop. That's the way it does. And it's because we're thrown so close together. In our own movement, for instance, I think perhaps the people who are thrown the closest together are those in our foreign missionary stations. And I feel very sorry for some of our foreign missionary stations. Because here are people that have never were together to became foreign missionaries and went out to be the nicest missionaries in the world. And then they get out on the mission field and you've got problems and tensions and women and girls and folks and all kinds of backgrounds. And you're thrown very, very close together. And I have the greatest sympathy for that situation. Here in our own country, our preachers aren't thrown too close together. They have their churches. Uh, they see each other at presbyteries and other times, but we're not thrown quite so close together. And it's when you live close to each other that you kind of rub one another the wrong way. And it's in that area that you need the, the, the grace of God. It's in this area that you need to recognize that only God can give you the strength and the grace to carry on and to live. Well, Jacob decided he'd had enough of this. Jacob decided he'd had enough of this. And so he decided he's going to leave. That he's going to get out and take his wives. And he was going to leave. And so he went back to Laban. He said, Laban, you owe me something. I worked here for you for 14 years. And now here's another six years I worked. 
and you owe me something. I'm entitled to some wages. And he was entitled to some wages. He was entitled to something more than just the two women he had. He was entitled to have some flocks. He was entitled to have you labored there all these years. Fourteen and six is twenty years he had labored and he didn't even have a pension inside. I heard today that you can join the Navy and get a pension in twenty years. I guess it's getting to where you'll get a pension after ten years pretty soon. But Laban worked twenty years and had no wages. Nothing to show for what he'd done. And he said, uh, uh, Jacob said to Laban, Laban, I'm going to go. Laban says, don't you go. You stay here. The Lord's blessed me because of you. He had blessed him. Look what Jacob had done. Tended his flocks. Looked after everything for him. Loved his, loved his two girls. And Jacob had been a tremendous blessing to him. But Jacob says, I'm going to go. Laban says, all right, Jacob, what do, what do you think your wages ought to be? He says, well, I'll tell you. He says, out there in your flocks, he says, you've got kind of a mixture. There are the nice brown lambs, and the nice black and white sheep, and the goats, but there are a few of them that are speckled. And they got rings around their necks. And you let me have the speckled ones, and I'll give you the purebreds. You take the ones that are white and clean and no speckles and nothing about them. And Laban said to himself, that's pretty nice. He's going to give me the, the purebreds, and he's going to take the speckled, the ones that are mixed up. He says, there's not too many of them anyhow. I'll just let him do it. So he says, all right, you do that. And God appeared to Jacob in a dream. Jacob says it was a dream. And God told Jacob that when he separated the two, there were certain things he could do that could improve cattle production. There were certain things that he could do that could improve the production of the herd of the flock. Now, anybody who deals with cattle and anybody who deals with stock knows that there are things it can do which can, uh, can stimulate and produce a reproduction. It can be done. And men know how to do it. And furthermore, there's such a thing as crossbreeding and all this other thing, and men have learned how to do this sort of thing. And God told Jacob in a dream, he said, Jacob, he said, I'm going to bless you, and this is the way you ought to do it. And God gave Jacob the secret of this matter. And if you'll turn in this passage where you have these references, will you turn in this 30, uh, uh, 37th verse it is. I have learned that the Lord has blessed you because of me. And uh, it's in chapter 31, I believe. Yes, it's chapter 31, verse, uh, verse 9. Thus God hath taken away from the cattle of your father and given them unto me. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream, and behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring-straked, speckled, and grizzled. So if you had a, a, a ram that was 
uh, uh, leaping upon the cattle, and he was speckled and ring, uh, ring-necked and grizzled. Why, then, of course, you'd get cattle that were speckled and ring-necked and grizzled. And the angel spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring, ring streaked, speckled and grizzled, for I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. And then we go on with the weak ones and with the strong ones, and Jacob himself had a hand in it at this point, and he saw that the weak ones were left over here, and the strong ones were the ones that reproduced, and the rams jumped on the strong ones, and they were grizzled and ring-necked, and consequently all the flock became grizzled and ring-necked, and Laban had promised that the ring-necked and the grizzled Jacob could have, and so the sons of Jacob said, you know what's going on out there in the stockyards? He says, you know what's going out there in the pasture? That old fellow Jacob is fixing this thing up so there's not very many cows born anymore that are brown. The way this thing's working out, they're all ring-necked and speckled. And they told Laban that this was going on and Laban's countenance changed against Jacob. Laban said, that ornery thief out there is working that thing and he's fixing this thing up so all the cattle are going to be speckled and I agree that he could have the speckled cattle and he's running off with all these cattle. You know what Jacob decided to do when he heard the sons of Laban talking like that? He says, time for me to get out of town. Time for me to leave. And so Jacob called his two wives, Leah and Rachel, and said to, said to him, he says, your father's mad at me. Look at the cattle out here. He says, here, the ones that he has are weak, and of course they're all brown, and they're all straight, and they're all purebred. But I got the speckled out here, and he says, time for us to go. And these girls says, all right, we're going to go with you. We married you. And furthermore, what have we any inheritance with them anyhow? He hasn't given us anything. He hasn't promised us anything. He didn't even give us any dowry when we got married. And we're going to go with you. And so Jacob said to his wives, come. And he said to his flocks, we'll go. And they stole off by night. And it was three days before Laban ever found out they'd left. They went away. You know, beloved, you'd think that after 20 years, Jacob would at least gone over and told Laban goodbye. We have obligations to one another. After 20 years, Jacob should have gone on and said, Laban, you don't agree with me, but I'm going to go. and I feel I've got to go and I'm leaving. But he didn't even have the grace to go and tell him goodbye. And that's just the way people are. That's one of the most human, one of the most natural things that you can possibly imagine. It happens over and over and over again. Not only in families, all of a sudden you wake up and some woman's moved out and she never even told her husband goodbye. All of a sudden you find out that some son or some daughter or somebody else has just gone running off and they never came back to tell anybody goodbye. Some little thing happened, some little thing developed, some little issue took place and the first thing you know the wife runs off or the husband runs off 
and they don't even have the grace to go and tell each other goodbye and say, well, I'm going to leave. Jacob went off in that sort of a thing. We've had the same thing happen here in this church. You'd think that after people worshipped in this church for 20 years and been a part of our ministry, that at least before they left, they'd come and tell us goodbye. No, they don't tell anybody goodbye. They just walk out and start telling the tales. That is exactly the situation, and Laman and Jacob were in the thing. And when Laban heard that Jacob was gone, he'd gone back to the land of Gilead. He's on his way back down there to where he came from to see Isaac, his father, or to see uh, yeah, Isaac, his father. Laban began to think about this thing, and he says, you know, that's a terrible thing that, that man took. And he didn't even let me kiss my daughters goodbye. That honorary fellow ran off with my daughters and I didn't even get to kiss him goodbye. And he says so here in the text. And Laban begins to think my daughters are gone and he's gone and it's all gone and I, I'm going to go after him. And so he's, he starts out after him. And it took him seven days. It took him a week to catch up with him. And imagine Laban going out here, off down across the air, out across those uh, plains and those hills out there in the Middle East, making his way down there to try to catch up with this man Jacob. And when he comes to Jacob, God appears to Laban and says, Now, Laban, you're angry. You expressed yourself and your sons carried this tale over to Jacob, and Jacob had the idea that you were going to do him harm. Jacob had the idea that you were really going to do something to him because of the ring speckled and the ring neck cows and sheep and the way this thing worked out. And Jacob knew that Laban was going to do something to him. And yet Jacob says here repeatedly, the Lord has blessed me and you know the Lord has blessed me. Jacob knew that God had promised to take care of him and that God was going to use him. Now, beloved, I, I can't predict what would have happened. We don't know. But if God hadn't appeared unto Laban just before he got to Jacob, Laban might have really done something to Jacob. They might have really had a war at that point. They could very easily have had a terrific battle, and Laban could have fought, and they'd slaughtered each other, and they'd decimated their ranks and hurt their flocks, and maybe one of the girls would have got killed. You don't know what would have happened in that kind of an open fight. But God spake to Laban, and he said, Don't you hurt him. And furthermore, he says, Don't you do anything good or anything that's evil. Just go. And when he went and Jacob saw him, and he found out that he was coming peaceably, Jacob then proceeded to tell him what he thought about him. He says, I work for you. He says, you have deceived me. I gave you the best years of my life. I gave you my strength. I did you, he says, no wrong. He says, I asked for the wages. He says, the Lord took care of this matter for me. The Lord spoke to me in a dream and told me how to arrange these things. The Lord's responsible for the way in which this thing has turned out. And do you know what Laban did? Laban said, Jacob, as far as I'm concerned, it's all right. As far as I'm concerned, we'll forget about it. As far as I'm concerned, you go on your way, but let's take a stone 
And let's put it here, call it Mizpah. The Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. And let's promise that we will not trespass on one another's domain here and we'll not do anything to steal your sheep or steal my sheep. And we'll agree that we'll ask the Lord to watch between us while we're absent one from another. I tell you, it's one of the sweetest things you could imagine. Jacob agreeing, Laban agreed, Mizpah, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, watch between me and thee. And here were their troubles, here was the seven years, here was the deception, here were no wages, here were the injustices, here were these things that had been committed, and in the providence of God, God spoke to Laman, in the providence of God, God spoke to Jacob and told him to go on down to his father's country, and they came together, and Laban said, oh, Jacob, why did you run off and leave me? He said, if you did just let me know, I'd have kissed the girls goodbye, and we'd had a feast. I wonder if he really thought that way at the time he left. I don't think he did. I don't think he thought anything about having a feast until the Lord spoke to him and said, Don't you hurt Jacob. Don't you hurt Jacob. Now what I'd like to say right now is that it's a tragedy. That difference between these two men could have been settled probably years before. And all the tension that developed, it probably could have been done. But it so often happens, as in the case of Laban and Jacob, that you spend years feeling injustices. You spend years feeling these things. And then finally at the end, when God moves in and speaks to people's hearts and attitudes are changed, you say, the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. That's the Mizpah benediction. That's the story of Joseph and his brethren. We'll get it a little bit later. The brethren betrayed Joseph. And the brethren thought when they saw Joseph that Joseph would take out his vengeance on them. And Joseph said, no, you met my, uh, you met, uh, my uh, uh, bondage. You met my being sold into slavery. You met it for evil to get rid of me, to hurt me. But God met it for good. And I look at it that way. And then Jacob was brought down and he saw Joseph and all this worked out for good. But Laban and Jacob came together because God intervened. God came and spoke to Laban. And then Laban said, all right, I won't do him any harm. He said, if he'd have just come and told me goodbye like he ought to have told me and I could have kissed the girls goodbye, my daughters, if you'd only done that, then he says we'd have been in good terms. But now Laban says, the Lord watched between me and thee. And he says, Jacob, I want to get one promise for you. One promise out of you before you go on. You're going to go, but I have one promise. Don't you marry any other women except my two girls. Don't you marry any other women except my two girls. Don't get mixed up with any other women. You take care of these two girls. And you watch after these two girls. And then 
Laman spoke of the God of Nahor, and Jacob spoke of the God of Abraham. Nahor, from way back there in Haran, from which Abraham came, Ur the Chaldees. And here is a testimony that Nahor himself was not an idolater, and that there was faith in Nahor, which came on down to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And you have Jacob and Laman, both of them now, coming back again to these ideals of the Scripture that Jacob wasn't to take himself any more wives from the Canaanites or the Hittites. And this advice that Nahor, uh, this advice that Laban gives to Jacob, the last thing he says is the reason Jacob left home under the counsel of his own mother and went over to see Laban so he could get himself a wife of his own people and not of the Canaanites. And Jacob went to, up to see Laban so he could get himself a wife that would be of the people of God and he wouldn't be mixed up with the Canaanites. And when Jacob left and the Mizpah, the, the Mizpah altar was erected and the stones were, they had a sacrifice there, when that was done, Laban says, Now, Jacob, you came up here to see me so you could get a wife that would not be of the Canaanites. Now we're going to leave. And I say to you, don't you take any other wives from anybody else. You be true to these girls that you got from me. Isn't that significant? Isn't that interesting? And so Jacob went his way. Now he runs into his son, his brother, Esau. And that's a long story too. Perhaps I can develop that for you. But the unity and the reconciliation and the understanding that came to these two men at Mizpah came to them because they listened to God. Came to them because they listened to God. And that's the only reason. And God blessed Jacob. He blessed him in every way. He overruled the deceit. And God made Jacob a very shrewd and a very wise man. God gave it to him. Now, don't misunderstand me when I say this. Perhaps I, maybe I shouldn't say it. But you stay the life of Jacob and people say Jacob's just like a modern Jew. They're shrewd. I don't misunderstand me. I'm not anti-Semitic. There's not a thing allowed in me at all. But do you know the wisdom that some of these Jews have? They are the shrewdest, keenest people you ever saw. And it's just in them. You just can't get it out. And they've got ways of planning and operating you never saw the like. And it's that characteristic which you see in the Judah day that's in old Jacob. It's been in there, always has been in there, and always will be in there. God's put it in the sons of Jacob. And God blessed Jacob. Jacob was tremendously favored. And all I can say is that God chooses the one whom he favors. He does. 
And when God favors, when God blesses, and when we see this coming from the hand of God, in contrast to, to Laban, or in contrast to Esau, we simply stand still and say, well, that's the way God worked. That's the way God did it. Jacob have I loved. Esau have I passed over. Let us pray. Our Father, when we look at this family and we see the record that you've given us here and we unfold this story, we thank thee that thou art in the picture, that thou art there. And oh, we thank thee that because of thy faithfulness, because of thy grace, there was a mispah, the mispah benediction. The Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from the other. And we thank thee that these two men came together with their fellowship and their unity in the Lord who was to watch between them. Lord, we thank thee that in the record that thou hast preserved, thou hast given us all these little details so that we can see the conflict and the struggle that went on through these years and how Jacob felt that he'd been deceived and how Laban felt that Jacob had also twisted the cattle around and planned it so that Jacob would have the cattle, most of the stock. Father, we see these things and oh, we thank thee that thou art able to melt the hearts of men, to change the attitude of a Laban we thank thee, Father, that he was changed and he did no hurt. Instead, he spoke of kissing and of a feast and of a real great farewell. God bless the memory of this passage to our hearts tonight. As we come to the table of our Lord, as we come to that place where Christ made possible the works of the Spirit of God in our hearts, where Christ made possible the reconciliation which we have, and which we may have with thee, and then with each other. Forgive us of our sins. And in families and in homes, where there are troubles, and in families and in homes, where there are situations which the years have not corrected, we ask, O oh God, that thy, thy spirit and thy word may abound, and that there shall be reconciliation again and understanding in these homes between father and wife, between daughter and brother, between father and son, between mother and daughter, whatever these things may be, O oh God, we commit them to thee in each home.